welcome back to the Bankrupt Hippo YouTube channel for another episode of the Women's Soccer Podcast. I'm Bryce, and super pumped that you're here to join us for another one. Ladies and gentlemen, if you like what you're seeing, or if you like what you're hearing, if you're listening currently on our audio podcasting platforms, feel free to like, comment, subscribe, or do whatever you do to support your favorite podcasts in this world. Um, let's get it right into the episode. So now it is... Oh, what is the date today as I get blinded by the light? It is May 15th, so right now, um, there there's a lot that's happened this week in the world of woe. So the FAWSL season ended, the NWSL Challenge Cup also ended, players have been getting awards, the transfer market's been heating up. So there's there's quite a few different big headlines that ended up coming up this week. So we'll start off kind of going through what we'll just be going through today so first off we got jill jill roard going over to wolfsburg that transfer has been completed from arsenal casey stoney resigns from her uh, managerial position at manchester united chelsea win the fawsl title for this year and sam kerr subsequently wins the golden boot fran kirby was awarded the fwa women's player of the year award and deservedly so i'll talk about that in just a second the NWSL season kicks off, actually, as I'm speaking. There's a few games that went on, uh, including Racing Louisville and Kansas City FC, who drew nil-nil. So you might even be watching the game right now as I'm speaking about this, but that's neither here nor there. And then in addition, the NWSL Challenge Cup final also took place. So we'll mix up the order a little bit. First, we'll start off with the NWSL Challenge Cup uh, final. The... Uh, Gotham, I keep, I almost keep wanting to call them Sky Blue FC, but Gotham FC took on the Portland Thorns, and that original scoreline ended in a 1-1 draw. Carly Lloyd had an equalizer in the 60th minute, while Christine Sinclair scored for the Thorns really early on, I believe, in the 8th minute. And the game ended up leading to a really exciting penalty shootout, in which it ended with uh, Adriana Franch getting a big save, and then, oh, why am I forgetting her name? I shouldn't be forgetting her name. I even made a video about this. But anyway, somebody from the Portland Thorns ended up burying the last penalty, and Portland won the 2021 Challenge Cup. So really exciting preseason tournament ahead of the season, which started today. So I'm really looking forward to watching the NWSL unfold this year. I will still stand by my uh, claim in previous videos that the Chicago Red Stars won't win at all this year. I think this is their year. And I know sports can be reactionary, but I swear for this um, particular uh, claim. I'm going to stick with it throughout the season, so keep your eyes and ears open. I'm really excited to see how it's all going to go down. Alright, so next up on the list, we're going to talk a little bit about Jill Roard to Wolfsburg. So earlier on in this week, I believe it was Tuesday, Arsenal announced that Jill Roard ended up signing with VFL Wolfsburg of the German Bundesliga. Now, I don't know if it was a free transfer or not. I don't know if Jill Roard's uh, contract expired or not. I wouldn't be too surprised if it did. That seems to be um, the case. But then again, I the reason I think that is because I haven't heard Arsenal getting anything in exchange for Jill's transfer. So um, am I surprised that Jill Roard went over to Wolfsburg? Maybe, maybe not. There's valid reasons for staying at Arsenal or going to Wolfsburg. Going to Wolfsburg, new league, new challenges. And young players like her are always looking for great opportunity, and that is, in and it of itself, a great opportunity. 
The only thing that's going to be interesting is the fact that Arsenal made the Champions League and had a really successful season. And plus, Joe Montemurro will not be heading up the Arsenal football, women's football club next year because he is leaving. I don't know what kind of relationship Jill had with uh, Joe as uh, the man in charge, but um, from what I heard, it was a positive one. So maybe that had some impact. Maybe with Joe leaving, she was like, well, Joe is one of my favorite managers. I don't want to stick it out with the new one, so maybe I'll leave. That's purely me just speculating and guessing there, but that's just one thought that I had in addition to um, everything going on at the club. Um, I'm curious to see how it's going to impact some of the other players in Arsenal's squad, particularly Vivian Miedema. Vivian Miedema and Jill Roard, from what I understand, are close Netherlands teammates, and they got along well at Arsenal and played really well off of each other and fed well off of each other and had great success together. I don't know if this will um, deter Viv from signing an extension with Arsenal, signing a new contract with Arsenal. I guess the jury's still kind of out on that. For those of you who don't know, Vivian Miedema's contract is up with Arsenal a year from now, actually. I believe next May is when her contract is going to officially expire. So who knows what will happen now that Arsenal's made the Champions League. I think it helps the case a lot for her to maybe get an extension. The only way I couldn't see her re-signing is if one, if she just straight up doesn't want to, maybe she wants to move on to a different team, which doesn't sound like it's really the case. She's never said that she's, she's never explicitly said that she's unhappy, at least that I know of. And Arsenal are still a strong club and they, uh, they're full speed ahead for next season being the Champions League. So she's got a lot to look forward to. Maybe she'll see how next season goes and then take it from there because her contract doesn't expire till the very end of next season, and with how good of a player Viv is, she'll have no trouble finding another team um, should her contract expire and she want to go elsewhere. So some food for thought there overall. Um, I'm curious to see what Jill's absence will mean for Viv. Maybe it'll mean a lot, maybe it won't. Players who are internationals together frequently don't play on the same team, so it wouldn't be the end of the world, but still, it's just one less um, thing to look forward to as she's playing with Arsenal, but only time will tell in that regard. I'm excited to see what Jill Roard does at Wolfsburg. She's a bright young player, and she's got a lot of talent, and I hope she's really successful over in Wolfsburg. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you guys have any thoughts on Jill's transfer over to Wolfsburg, feel free to jump down in the comments below and let me know whatever you think. All right, so we'll move into the next headline of the week, which is going to be the most shocking, I think. I think this is the most shocking headline of the entire season. And that's Casey Stoney resigning as the Manchester United uh, skipper. Um, she announced the resignation, I believe, on Wednesday. And uh, what? why do I keep forgetting their names? Meg Linehan and uh, Katie Wyatt of The Athletic posted an article on The Athletic's website surrounding Casey Stoney's resignation. And apparently Casey Stoney wanted to resign a few months ago. Uh, so this has been going on for quite a while. I got to say, um, let me back up really quick. Here. I just want to say, like, Casey Stoney to me is probably one of the most talented managers in the world. She took a Manchester United team that was stretched very thin throughout the entire season and got them a top four finish. And plus, she's been doing so for like the last three or four seasons since the women's club's inception, starting off in the championship, winning the championship in the first season. Um then getting promoted into the WSL and now finishing in the top four, all within three seasons. That's not an easy thing to do when you've got a brand new club 
and at the same time nurturing the young talent like Lauren James and Ella Toon to become the stars that they are and the stars that they will continue to be at the international and club uh, stage. So when when Casey had such a strong finish this season, it it, it makes you think, because I myself am a Manchester United fan, oh, okay, you know, next season Casey's going to come back even stronger. The, teams are, the team is going to be intact. It's going to be strong. It's going to be solid. And you think as a fan, like, wow, there's so much momentum going and then you find out she resigns it's like wow like that it was just such a shock um from speaking from a manchester united fans perspective and it really surprised me but then there's another part of me that had a reaction to this right and that's the part of me that is a women's soccer fan in general now that part of my reaction came when i further read the aforementioned article on the athletic and there's some bits of information there that I guess I never considered and kind of surprised me. One of which is that Casey thought about resigning months ago. Um, the second was that Casey said that the biggest reason for her resignation, I'm paraphrasing here. I, I want you guys to go ahead and read the article yourselves because they'll give you a lot more uh, specific information than I can. But basically, the I'm paraphrasing here, but the gist I got from the article was that Casey was resigning because she was not given the proper resources for her team to properly train, to properly play their matches, and to properly do their jobs, and for Casey to properly do her job. The stadiums and the grounds were not up to standard. They had to change grounds multiple times throughout the season, and Casey had kept asking the United board, please give us more resources. Obviously, they have the money to do so. United just wouldn't let her, and just as soon as they were ready to start forking over the money... Casey said, it's too little, too late. And I, I I, can totally, totally understand and actually picture United's board doing that. Um, the reason being is because the Manchester, for those of you who don't know, Manchester United is currently owned by the Glazer family. The Glazer family also own, I believe, the Boston Red Sox of, the, of Major League Baseball in America and also the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of the National Football League, also in America. And they've had this issue historically with their teams where what they'll do is they'll use the teams to essentially siphon money out of the clubs and into their pockets. Now, this is speaking from a stance of just taking in information from a lot of different Manchester United fans and absorbing it. Is any of this fact? I don't truly know. I don't look at the accounting books for the Glazer family. This is just what I've been hearing, and I'm trying to connect this to the Manchester United women's club situation in Casey's story, but basically what I'm trying to say is it would seem that this sort of behavior is leaked into the women's club as well. They are very stringent with the resources that they're allocating to the women's club. Um, they're not willing to put forth the money for it, and I think what happened was Casey just got so fed up with it that she said, peace out, because if my players aren't taken care of and they're getting injured constantly because they're the grounds are not up to code, they're not up to an appropriate standard that would be safe enough for them to play with again speculating here but um then i could totally understand why she'd want to leave and pursue other opportunities because if put it let me put it to you this way if you go to work and you have very poor working conditions you're not going to want to go work for that company right i don't care who you are same thing in the world of football if players and managers aren't getting the proper resources what that they 
should be getting and are asking to get and aren't receiving those to base to perform their basic duties and perform well it it shows that they don't care and if they don't care why the hell should you care so i i see where casey is coming from and i have to say i fully support her decision to leave because she's not getting what she asked for in order to perform her job at the highest level because she is a mastermind and in spite of all of this she still managed to get the team into a top four finish when she had injuries across the the board all season long tobin heath leah galton lauren james kirsten press uh ella toon i believe a couple times harris got injured a couple times i believe Haley ladd got injured a few times it's like the injury list just kept growing as the season went on and it makes you wonder was it due to the grounds not being up to the proper standards and it, I, it wouldn't surprise me again i want to be super super clear is that i'm speculating here but it, all signs point to this sort of common denominator here and it, it it just i'm not surprised when i look at it deeper from a women's soccer fan perspective that casey uh wants to leave and go and um i'm curious to see how united's going to respond to this as an organization and as a club I don't know who they're going to get to fill in that managerial spot because Casey is such a, a skilled manager and brilliant mastermind in the world of football that her shoes aren't going to be easy to replace. Very few managers can do what she does, and I'm not sure who in the coaching carousel currently in the world of Woso is going to be able to step up to that spotlight and fill in her shoes. So I guess time will tell in that respect i'm just excited to see what casey does next in her career she's a bright manager i really appreciate watching her work out on the pitch manifest and doing what she does best so um what does the future hold for casey from what we've been seeing it sounds like she's been linked with the nwsl which i would be ecstatic for i think she could bring a lot of uh attention to the nwsl attention that the nwsl needs a lot of technicality that the nwsl is lacking casey can provide she apparently is on Jill Ellis's uh, shortlist, number one on that list, apparently, to head coach the San Diego expansion team that's going to be introduced in 2022. Now, I'm a little speculative on that because the situation with the San Diego expansion team has been very hush-hush. Uh, it's been so hush-hush that I didn't even know that they changed it from Sacramento to San Diego. Owners keep backing out. It's, it's kind of a mess. So I'm really excited to see or interested to see how that all pan out. I hope it all works out because I, I want to see Casey Stone in the end of the cell. I think, I think she'd be a great fit there. And I think she'd bring a spice to the league that it's it's really lacking and um, could really improve from. So um, those are just my overall thoughts on Casey Stone resigning. I fully support her and I fully appreciate everything she did for United. And speaking as a Manchester United fan, I will salute her always. And as a Woso fan, I'm a deep admirer. So... Ladies and gentlemen, what do you make of Casey Stoney's resignation? Feel free to jump down in the comments below and let me know whatever your thoughts are. All right, so next, getting into some other WSL news and rounding off the season. Uh, Chelsea won their match against Reading. I'm trying to remember what trying to remember what the scoreline was, but they ended up winning, and they because of that win, they emerged as champions. Emma Hayes got a WSL trophy. Sam Kerr won the Golden Boot Award. I believe she finished with 22-23 goals, just ed edging out Vivian Miedema and other and fellow teammate uh, Fran Kirby, who also had a monster uh, season this year. So I, I got to give a ton of credit here to both Chelsea and Sam Kerr. Obviously, Chelsea had a phenomenal season. They had two 
win games with Manchester City breathing down their neck for the last three, four months of the season because Manchester City didn't lose literally, I think, the last four months of the season. Like, that's insane. They basically didn't lose the entire second half of the season. And they got the result against Manchester City that they needed. They drew, which is all they had to do. They kept consistently doing the things they needed to do in order to secure the title, and the fruits of their labor paid off. They are a dynasty. They are a very skilled team that I've grown to appreciate. And Sam Kerr has really come into her own, obviously, in the WSL. Uh, last season, I don't think she had a phenomenal season last year. You could tell it was a bit of an adjustment year for her. But now she's obviously fully adapted. She's scoring a ton of goals. She's been playing out of her mind, and she gets the Golden Boot this year, which is a very impressive feat considering that uh, Vivian Miedema has won it every year for the past three years. I think this would have been her fourth year in a row winning it, if I'm not mistaken. So Sam Kerr had some great competition. She rose above it. She scored consistently. She scored goals with her feet, with her head. She assisted Fran Kirby. Her and Fran Kirby were a phenomenal partnership all season long in both domestic competitions and otherwise, even in the Champions League, they performed, I thought, pretty well as well. And the Chelsea Football Club and Sam Kerr should hold their heads up high because they had a phenomenal season and they should be very proud of themselves. Um, what else can you really say on that, right? And I'm not surprised Chelsea won the title. They are, like I said, they are a dynasty club in the WSL. They are an organization that is respected highly in the world of Woso and in all of football in general. So um, they continue to follow that path and with the addition of Pernille Harder it, it only makes them stronger because it's never a mistake to add in talent so um what do you guys make of Chelsea winning the title what do you make of Sam Kerr winning the golden boot I know a lot of people at least in uh, my comment sections were saying they wanted Viv to win it I was predicting that Viv would win it as well so I'm with you guys but I gotta give my hat off to Sam Kerr because she performed awesome so whatever you guys think feel free to jump down in the comments below and let me know what your thoughts are all right, so we're going to wrap up this episode with the final uh, bit of information, which is going to be Fran Kirby winning an award. That's right. It was announced a few days ago that she won the FWA Women's Player of the Year Award, and I've got to say it is absolutely positively well-deserved because Fran Kirby had a monster of a season and a team that had a monster of a season. Uh, like I just mentioned earlier, her and uh, Sam Kerr had an excellent partnership. That resulted in a lot of goals and a lot of points for Chelsea. And Fran Kirby in particular, I think, played out of her played out of her mind this season. She was top three in both assists and goals in the WSL this season. You could make a case that she was the WSL player of the year. And actually, she is my she's number one on my list for WSL player of the year because that's just so hard to do. And when you're on when you cap it off with a WSL title, it's like, how much more successful can you be, you know? Um, the only thing she could have done more was win the Golden Boot, but she was feeding Sam Kerr so much that um, that had been really, really tough to do. So I think Fran Kirby is a player that I look up to and I respect and hold in a very high regard. She's an excellent role model. She's got a lot of skill on the pitch. She is... A, an ideal partner for Sam Kerr and that partnership that they've got up top. And Emma Hayes really knows how to utilize them to the best of their ability. And Fran Kirby consistently all season long just brought her talents to the pitch and helped her club win football games. 
She did so in the Conti Cup where she was involved in six goals, I think. She was the uh, player of the match for that day, which I have highlights of that on my uh, TikTok and Instagram accounts, so feel free to check those out as well. You have to scroll a little bit, but they're there. So, um, again, what, what else can you say? Fran Kirby, she had a phenomenal season. She deserves it. I would say she had the best season out of anybody in the WSL. Nobody else took... Um, besides Chloe Kelly, nobody else performed that to that degree that she did. Chloe Kelly took top four in goals and tied in first with Fran Kirby for assists. So um, Fran Kirby just edged out Chloe Kelly in that respect. Chloe Kelly is another player who I held in really high regard this season. I thought she had a phenomenal season, and she was number two on my list for WSL Player of the Year. So she's the only other player I would consider for FWA player. Uh, women's player of the year i still think fran kirby had a little bit more to shout about for this season so good on the fwa for uh picking her for their player of the year i think it was very well deserved for fran kirby overall so ladies and gentlemen uh was fran kirby would have been your choice for w fwa player of the year would have been chloe kelly would have been somebody else whatever you think feel free to jump down in the comments below and let me know your thoughts all right, ladies and gentlemen, so we've made it through another women's soccer podcasting episode. I just want to say thanks so much for stopping by again. I greatly appreciate it. Again, feel free to like, comment, subscribe to whatever platform you're listening or watching this on. It helps out the channel, and I greatly appreciate that so, so, so much. Um, feel free to rate the podcast, too, if you guys are listening to this on audio currently. So um, that'll do it for this episode. I've been Bryce. This has been the Bankrupt Pippo YouTube channel. Signing off from the Women's Soccer Podcast. And as always, have a great day.